According to the Bible, we know certain things have to happen before Jesus can return to gather the elect of God to take them to the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. There will be wars and rumors of wars and famines and pestilences and earthquakes. Jesus calls these the beginning of sorrows. Matthew 24, verse 6 through 9, Jesus says, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nations, and kingdoms against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. In the Hitler period, we saw atrocities that have never been seen in such a large-scale form in the history of man. I had felt that was correct, although I'm not an historian. But Winston Churchill is. And in World War II, he said that it was the worst war in the history of civilization. He wrote that in his book, The Gathering Storm, in chapter 1. Pestilences. When have we ever seen anything like coronavirus of 2020? There have been pestilences all over the earth. But to the magnitude of 2020, where it covered the entire earth, this is the first time we've ever seen anything like that. I think both of these are a sign of the end of the beginning of sorrows and the period called the Great Tribulation. This is my opinion, you understand. According to the Apostle Paul, before Jesus returns, there has to be a falling away where churches depart from some scriptures and Antichrist moves into the church groups and the apostasy comes into the churches. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, we're going to use both King James Version and the NASB. King James Version, verses 3 and 4. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day of the Lord shall not come except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. This apostasy would come through the churches as he would sit in the temple of God, showing himself to be God. It was not coming through governments of men, but through the churches itself. In 1982, God said to me, The falling away are not people leaving the churches. The falling away are the churches leaving the scriptures. Churches will fall away from portions of scripture. 
This opens the door for Antichrist to move in and take over. In NASB, the falling away is called the apostasy. It must come before Jesus returns for the elect of God. In the NASB, verses 3 and 4 read like this. No one is able to deceive you in any way, for it, the day of the Lord, will not come unless the apostasy comes first. And the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. So the apostasy has to come into the churches before Jesus could return for the elect of God. In verses 6 through 8 in ASB, we read, And you know what restrains him now, so that he will be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. They already had Antichrist in the churches in the days of John and Paul. They were there in the form of the members. Some of the members were Antichrist. The Apostle John talks about this in 1 John chapter 2. We'll start at verse 18. John says, Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrist, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not all of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. And he's speaking of people who came into their church group, sat among them as if they were one of them. But they left them after a time. And he's saying that showed them they were not all of the elect of God. For had they been the elect of God, they would have remained with the church that John had shortly after Jesus was resurrected. Antichrist was already there. Paul says the same thing. He says Antichrist is already at work. Reading again, NASB, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, start at verse 6. And you know what restrains him now, what restrains Antichrist, so that he will be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is removed. Then that lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will eliminate with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearance of his coming. In 2015, God called to my mind the word 
restraints I found it in this NASB chapter. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains keeps Antichrist back. He who keeps Antichrist back will do so until he is removed. And I turned to God and I said, What is it that restrains Antichrist? And I heard immediately, Jesus, the Word, keeps Antichrist out of the churches. But when the churches remove portions of Scripture, that allows Antichrist to come in. For example, the churches removed Matthew chapter 5, verse 32. Jesus said, Whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. When have you ever heard that taught? I've never heard that taught in a church. See, it was removed. The minute any portion of Scripture is removed, the door is open for Antichrist to come in and take over the church. And if we sit among those churches where they remove those Scriptures, we join Antichrist, for we deny the Scripture by approving their removal of the Scripture. So once again, NASB verses 6 through 8, and you know what restrains him now. You know what restrains Antichrist now. For he will be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who restrains will do so until he is removed. He, Jesus the Word, who restrains, keeps Antichrist back, will do so until Jesus the Word is removed from the church group. Then that lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will eliminate with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearance of his coming. After God showed that to me in 2017, I understood what it was that I had been seeing for the past 45 years, ever since I had become a Christian. Because in the first church that I attended, after I was born again, Antichrist was in the pulpit. This is what happened. The pastor was teaching tongues are of the devil. He had a weekly seminar teaching tongues are of the devil. Shortly after that seminar, I was driving down the highway and came across a passage of scripture in 1 Corinthians 14 where Paul says, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. In the Bible, Paul was teaching exactly opposite to that which I was hearing taught in the church I was attending at that time. That was Antichrist. At one point in time, in trying to find a church that I could attend, I visited several churches. On a Wednesday night, I went to a little non-denominational church. About 200 people were in attendance. The pastor was teaching from John chapter 8, and he said, when they brought 
the woman taken in adultery before Jesus, she was naked from the waist up. That's not in the Bible. I knew that wasn't in the Bible. But I grabbed my Bible and began to look again, just checking myself. I looked around the room. I did not see one person in the congregation pick up a Bible to check to see if that was correct, that the pastor was speaking. But I did look at the faces of the men in the congregation. They had big, lust-filled grins on their faces as they were thinking about the woman who was naked from the waist up. The story the pastor told wasn't even true. The next day I called that pastor and I told him I'd been in their service the night before I was looking for a church to attend. And I said, I cannot find anywhere in the Bible that that woman that you talked about who was taken in adultery was naked from the waist up. I would like to know where that is in the Bible. He became very silent. And then he said, well, I just can't remember where it is. And I said, well, it's very important for me to know, so would you please look it up and tell your secretary and have her call me and tell me where it is? Dead silence from the pastor. And then he became very angry and he screamed out, All right, it's not in the Bible. Where do you go to church? He showed no shame of any kind over what he had done. I was very grieved. I could not understand how he could have done this and show no shame. He brought lasciviousness into the auditorium by his words. He caused the men in the congregation to lust after this woman that they were picturing being naked from the waist up. And yet he showed no shame. A mistake is one thing. It's bad to make a mistake, especially in religious things, because we should be more careful in handling the Bible. So it's a really bad thing. But this man deliberately added to the Bible, and he didn't care. That's Antichrist. Antichrist does not repent. In the end of the book of Revelations, we read, when the plagues were sent by God, they would not repent. That the plagues came, they were greatly tormented, but these men would not repent. But they cursed God because of the plagues. Revelation chapter 16, verse 9. And men were scorched with great heat, and blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. This is what I had been seeing for decades in the churches as I tried to find a church to attend, because over and over, from the first church I ever tried to go to in 1975, from then for the next 40 years in trying to find a church to attend, I came across perverting the scripture, leaving doctrines out, deliberately adding things 
to the Bible. Perversions in the Churches, Antichrist. The minute you take a scripture out of the Bible and stop teaching it and stop doing it and set up another doctrine, you have an Antichrist congregation and an Antichrist church. There might be one or two in the congregation that still hold the truth, but I have known in the past some who stayed in congregations like that. And as a result, they had a penalty on them, did not go as far with God as they could have gone. We have to be abhorred over the churches that change doctrines away from the Bible. We have to love the Word of God. We have to care about it. We have to care about it more than any other thing. Otherwise, we might get in a position where we would compromise Scripture for approval of other humans. The apostasy is already taking place in the churches. It's been there for decades. And centuries before, as denominations broke away from the Holy Bible and set up their own groups, eliminating scriptures as they chose to do and installing religious symbols not prescribed by the Bible. The Catholic Church is one primary model of the breaking away from the doctrines of Christ. For they set up all types of abominations, lighting of candles, uh, crossing themselves, bowing down at graven images while they recite little things that are printed underneath the image, calling their priest father, where Jesus said, call no man father, Matthew 23, all types of abominations. And they have been there from, I don't know when they supposedly started, but I would suspect sometime before the first century. So we've had Antichrist in churches for decades. But it just gets worse and worse, and it will continue to get worse and worse until Jesus returns to gather the elect of God. And I say the elect of God because that's what the Bible says is he will return to gather the elect of God. It's not that he's going to gather all of these people who attend the church. Don't think that for a second. He's going to gather the people who really belong to him, the ones who follow him, who hold to the scriptures, the elect of God, the born again people. And the breaking away of churches, breaking away from Bible, and setting up their own churches grew worse and worse as the time continued from the day of the Apostle Paul and the Apostle John and the Apostle Peter. And it continued through the centuries, getting worse and worse. And Paul told us about this in Second Timothy Chapter 3, Paul says, This I know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Some of you younger people may think that you can find a church to attend. 
Some of us older people have already tried that. Verse 5, having a form of godliness. They have a form of godliness. They quote some scripture. And they use Bibles. They sing hymns. They set up a building which makes them look godly. Some of them wear religious garments which separate themselves from the other people and identify themselves as being reverend. We have no record in the Bible of Paul, Peter, any of the apostles wearing religious garments, and they certainly didn't call themselves reverend. They identified themselves by their calling Apostle Paul. Paul said he was a teacher, an apostle, a preacher. Peter said he was an apostle and an elder. Philip was an evangelist. Agabus was a prophet. They identified themselves by their calling, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Those are the ministries set up in the New Testament Bible, Ephesians chapter 4. But these people identify themselves by clothing, by collars around their neck, shawls, strange hats, things like that. We identify ourselves by speaking truth from God. And the people who are of God will recognize us because we speak the truth of God. So they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. They end up denying Jesus because they remove Jesus, the word, from their doctrines. They remove the words Jesus spoke from their doctrines. And they set up things other than the doctrines of Christ in their church services. Paul says, when you see that, turn away from them. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. That's what I did at that first church that I went to as a baby Christian in 1975. When I saw them teaching tongues are of the devil, and I saw in the Bible Paul say, forbid not to speak with tongues, I never did go back to that church because they were teaching the opposite thing to what I saw Paul saying in the Bible. From such turn away. Verse 7, they're ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And verse 13, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. We've been on this earth 2,000 years since Jesus was resurrected. And it has gotten worse and worse in the churches by them changing doctrine and removing portions of the Bible. And it will continue to get worse and worse as long as we're left on the earth. But God, for those of us who belong to him and really cling to the Bible, God will sustain us in spite of the evil. Although Jesus said, during the last days, because iniquity abounds, the love of many will wax cold. 
and he that endures to the end will be saved. But if the time was not shortened, even the elect would not be saved. But for the sake of the elect, the time will be shortened at the end, according to Jesus in Matthew 24. In 2 Thessalonians 2, we read that Jesus will destroy the apostate churches, the groups, the ministers, when he returns to gather his elect. Start at verse 8. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. So the apostasy in the church must happen and is happening right now before Jesus can return. And when Jesus returns, he will destroy the apostasy. Another thing that had to happen before Jesus could return for the elect is the gospel had to be taught throughout all the world. Matthew twenty four fourteen, Jesus says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. I believe this is happening has already happened. By internet, we have gone all over the world and taught the gospel, spoken the gospel. Also, individuals have gone and spoken the gospel in various parts of the world. We should be close to the end. Then the great tribulation of God comes, the 14 plagues of God that come upon the earth. And then Jesus says in Matthew 24, verses 29 through 31, immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. We have a person in our church group who was given a dream about this. She and her husband were going out to buy a television. She was waiting at the car for him when all of a sudden it turned dark. The whole sky was dark. It had been sunny and the sun was gone and it was completely dark. She said it was terrifying, though she knew what it was. She started to run back into her house, but she knew it wouldn't do any good. So she just fell down on her knees and began praying. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then 
shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Verse 31, And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. They will be gathered to meet Jesus in the air, and he will take them to the new heaven and the new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. It is described for us in Revelation 21. The Apostle John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. There will be no more pain because we will not have these physical bodies. We will have new spiritual bodies, which are made in the image of God, in the Spirit. These spiritual bodies will not ascend into heaven. Our Spirit will go into heaven in the new body that is formed by God. Paul tells about that in 1 Corinthians 15, starting at about verse 49. So the dead in Christ are waiting to be raised by Jesus when he returns. We, the living in Christ, who still live upon this earth, are waiting to be raised by Jesus when he returns. We will all be gathered together in the air to meet Jesus and taken to the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. 1 Thessalonians 4, start at verse 13. Paul says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, Concerning them which are asleep, concerning those who are dead, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not 
prevent them, shall not go before them, which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. The Apostle Peter tells us what we should do as we wait for the return of Jesus. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 14. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent, that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot, and blameless. We keep ourselves in peace by continually praying, by turning to God in prayer when we have a problem and letting God show us what to do, working through that problem, overcoming while we live on this present earth. We must not allow ourselves to be troubled greatly by the apostate churches. We know their faith. They will be destroyed by God in the end. But we don't want to be destroyed with them. So we don't sit there with them. We leave them. We must avoid those people and things that steal peace from us and cause us to depart from peace and joy of the word of God and we must not join them in the evil by rejecting the scriptures which would allow Antichrist into our own lives Matthew twenty four twelve and 13 Jesus says and because iniquity shall abound the love of many shall wax cold but he that endureth unto the end the same shall be saved. Work out your life to live it in peace, without spot and blameless, clinging to the word of God as you wait for the return of Jesus, for that is all that we are doing, is waiting for the return of Jesus. We're not really going to make things better for these churches. They're already apostate. Can't do anything about them. You will be able to save some people by speaking the truth of God to them when you are with them. But we are keeping ourselves and waiting in peace without spot and blameless for the coming of Jesus Christ to gather the elect and take us with the dead in Christ who have been raised to the new Jerusalem which has been prepared for us by God. Thank you.